What's up, everybody? It is another episode of Parked in Turn One. I'm Jason, aka Captain Novice. Bo, what's going on, man? Hey, not much, Jason. I, I how's your week going? Let's uh. let's talk about you. <laughs> let's start off with talking about you. Well, so we it's been over a week now since my uh, my motor let go on the front straight at VIR North. So I can talk about it a little bit. I was I was admittedly up in my feelings about it just a hair. Um Yeah, we didn't talk about know, it at all last week. And no, it, it, I, I was could, it was you were was a little raw. off your game last week, you know? You you seemed little down, bit. a little down in the doldrums a bit. Yeah, I I mean I was mad, honestly I was. I just you know, it's just one of those things uh, something happened that probably won't happen to a lot of people um doesn't happen super often especially with these motors um and it was just unlucky you know i I had a 2019 zx10 with 1800 miles on it and she just let me down um it was a sad day uh and you know i was four hours away from home and for that first hour i was done with motorcycles i was mad but by hour three i had a plan which involved a lot right of complaining, right? <laughs> there was a lot of complaining, a lot of why me, a lot of pity parties. I I threw no less than fifty pity parties for myself. <laughs> um, you know, I, I look. I it was it was it sucked. That's all there is to it. It did, and uh, you know, I can't you know, imagine. I honestly, I, I we joke now, you know, obviously because there's some more development to that story, you know, but yeah, but um, I, I couldn't imagine I would be completely done you know for at least a season probably to before to to get that back up so, but uh i uh yeah i look you know it so my so my friends in the motorcycle community were admittedly they as always they were uh they were vultures and tried to part the bike out before i even got it back on the trailer <laughs> i didn't do that right I didn't do that no, you did it. I don't. You I did don't, it when I got home. You, yeah, I don't have the same bike, so I didn't do that at all. Yeah, you waited at least until I got home, but I was offered two thousand dollars for it as it sat right there in the parking lot, and then all week long, people hitting me up. Hey, man, you parting it out? You parting it out? I want the suspension. You parting it out? I want this. I'm like, look. Everybody needs to calm down. So if I didn't answer anybody's questions or text, uh, I'm my bad. I was, I was not hearing it, but after much deliberation, after a lot of options going through it, I, the, the smartest, not the smartest, but the, the way I went was, uh, I bought a new bike. I bought a 2020 and I'll just transfer all my go fast parts over to that. And, uh, then I'll decide what to do with the 2019. Um, honestly, I, 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 I thought seriously about leaving the Kawasaki, but Man, I just I'm I'm riding so well on that bike right now. Um it was really tough and uh you know I it's really hard cuz I I felt like I had a little bit of swagger to me on track, you know what I mean? I was starting to pick it up and the the speed was coming and I was getting faster and faster and I wasn't I was never feeling like it was hard. It was easy. I always felt like I had a lot more if I wanted to push, and I right. just wasn't pushing, but it was just coming. You know, the times or lap times were coming down. But, you know, I, man, look, this happens to everybody, and I think I said it to you. I said it to a lot of people. Worse things have happened to better people, and, uh, you know, you move on. Um, 
Well, I so, mean, uh, and, and that's what I've done. Yeah, you can't beat yourself up or be upset uh, too much about it, you know, no. other than, uh, because, like you said, you know, you it wasn't in, in, induced by you. You know, it's not like you came out of a corner and high sided and shot yourself to the moon because of a rider error. It was it was just something freak happened, and I really, really hope it not was that a, time right. I really, really hope it was a freak happening with that bike. You know, how many time how many texts have you gotten from me that say, "Hey, did your oil look like my oil?" You know, and I'm I'm taking yeah. oil samples and freaking yeah. out that it's going to happen <laughs> to my bike. You know, but uh, but well, no, not I, a single person had ever had this happen that I knew of or that knew anyone knew I'm the only one. Um, so you're, I think, I hope that you're in good shape and I hope I am too with this new 2020 because I bought the exact same bike you have. (laughs) So we're twinsies. Yeah. (laughs) Yep, definitely. And, uh, you, you just couldn't bear the thought that, that I had a a one year newer bike. So you, uh, you had, you needed the good excuse to go out and buy the exact same bike. So it's okay. Mm, I understand. Yeah, that, that's exactly what happened. But but there's something I want to bring up about where you ended up on track. Because mm-hmm. if it's where I'm thinking, um, take us to through what happened, Jason. Take uh, us through well, that lap. Okay, so we're in the second session. Um, the track wasn't really coming in too much all day. The temperature wasn't very high. It was cloud cover. Is it VIR um, so North, it was, right? VIR yeah, North. VIR North. Same track okay. that the Moto America just ran. Um, I was there on the Monday before Moto America. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're running. Second session... I decided that um, I wanted to go out early, so I left J2 in the pit. He was coming out. He wanted to go out late, and I was like, okay. So I went out in the first group, and I don't think J2 came out into the last group because I saw him come out after the first lap. Finishing coffee, probably. Right, absolutely. So I come by him and his group that came out. They were leaving the pits as we were coming down Mm -hmm. the front straight, so I could see him, and then I ended up passing him somewhere you know, on that, his outlap. Right. Um, I think maybe seven. But anyway, the point is, is he wasn't going very fast. He was getting warmed up. You know, he didn't use the warmer, so he was taking his time. And mm-hmm. and I was feeling okay, so I was starting to pick the pace up a little bit. And we ran into a big, long train of riders as we came down through the roller coaster and back on through the hog pen onto the front straight. And for those of you that don't know what the hog pen is, that's turns 12 and 13. Um so, uh, coming onto the front straight and I take the inside and just hammer down and I, I must, I don't know how many people I passed, but it was a lot. Um, and I saw the kink coming up and I leaned, shifted into fourth because I had to kind of back off my, my acceleration because people were coming over. Mm. So I, I leaned, shifted into fourth and just felt it go. And I was scared to death because I thought somebody was going to hit me because I'm right there in a blind spot. If you've never ridden, uh, VIR North, the kink has just a little bit of enough of a hill that you, you're just for a second, you know, you can't see, you have to trust it. Just, it's just a second, but it would have been enough if I'd have been in the perfect position to get rear ended. And so as soon as it let go, I was like, Oh no, Oh no. I'm throwing my hand up like high as I can. And, just like, just don't hit me, just don't hit me, just don't hit me. But there were so many riders behind me, I had to go all the way through turn one, coasting until I could get off because there was so many, it was a big, long train of riders. So um, I just parked it over there after turn one, between one and two, I coasted off, 
sat on the wall and just was sad for the rest of the session. So you uh, <laughs> you literally parked it in turn one. I literally parked it in turn one. Yeah. I mean, this is I should have. I wish I, maybe they have a photo. If they do, I'll have to look. We need that. It that's, would be great. Yep, it would be our, great. Our banner. That I mean, that, that <laughs> what what an ode yep. to what we're doing, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, you know, all in all, it 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 was a terrible day for me, but it could have been a lot worse. I'm not hurt. Um, I didn't put any oil or anything on the track, so yeah. that's good. Nope. Yep. Um, and you know, I I got another bike, and I'll be swapping parts for a while, and get it back up and hopefully I'll be good to go here pretty soon. No, I, you know, I'm, I'm super, super happy for, uh, for the fact that you didn't go down the fact that it wasn't, you know, you didn't, didn't get fluid all over the back tire and, and ended up a, a bad day, you know, for physically and, and mechanically. Um, it sucks that it happened uh, you know, you know, I've obviously exchanged a lot of texts about it and, um, but I'm I'm super yeah. super glad that you've uh, gotten a new bike and and you're gonna go picking it be picking it up soon and you know getting right back out there because you you need to be out there you need to be on the bike and and that's definitely where you're where you've uh, you're really taking to a lot of stuff this year and even in the, uh, from last year and you got a lot of momentum so you need to be out there and, and keep getting get keep getting keep improving. Um, Thanks, man. So yeah, of course. Well, I I, I you know um. You know that, like you say, I'm a little bit sad that uh, it didn't go better. Um, but at the same time, I mean, what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? Like, yep. I, uh, I, I was I was looking forward to a good day. You know, that's it's one of those things where you really um, you're you're trying just to improve your skill, and if something happens that you're not expecting, you know, that's not your fault. Like. It, I guess it could have been my fault. You know, our friend Dan said that he didn't think I over-revved the motor or anything. He just thinks it got tired from carrying my fat head around. So, you know, the motorcycle community is nothing if not brutal. Dan's just mad he doesn't <laughs> have a Kawasaki. That's what it is. I, I, I mean, I agree. Uh, he's definitely mad. Um, I know he's list he'll listen to this and immediately text me a critique. So <laughs> as soon as he hears it. But, yeah. I So, you know, it's over with now, though. Um, no sense worrying anymore about it. I got the new bike on the way, pick it up next week. I had to go a long way to find it. It was one of two 2020s on the East Coast left. Now, I don't know if there are any on the West Coast or not, but there were only two on the entire East Coast, and the guys at Kawasaki here found it for me. Hmm. Um, so big ups to, you know, Columbia Power Sports for, for doing that. For, you know, I'm not, I didn't buy anything from them. They weren't getting anything out of it, but they know me, and they were like, "Hey, man, we'll find you something." So they did. So yeah, I appreciated it. That's definitely cool. That's a that's a yeah, a class move for yeah, them. yeah, absolutely. Well, um, you know what? We had some racing this weekend. Let's get into it. Definitely. You know, I'm, I'm I'm ready to just drop that sad story. Let's get off that sob story. Yeah, enough right about here. you. We don't want to talk about yeah, you yeah. Anymore. I mean, hey, look, I don't like I don't I like talking about me more than anyone. But anyway. <laughs> Let's just move on. Um, but, you know, we had World Superbike. They were at Aragon. Mm -hmm. Now, they had done a ton of testing there. Um, so everybody was, you know, really familiar with the setup. I think everybody had it dialed in. But, you know, starting with the Superbike race, race one, I mean, Johnny Ray. Oh, my goodness, man. This guy, he's dominating the category like we saw Marquez dominating MotoGP. I mean, would you agree with that? I mean, am I off base? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so at all. He, he makes it look easy. 
I mean, he just he goes out. Golly, he's, he does. He's, he manages races so well. I think at the end, even at the end of that race, he uh, he made a comment that said, you know, he he didn't know who all was going to go with him. He got out after a few laps and saw that his his lead just kind of started to go up. Um, uh, and you know, and and so he just kept going. And, and why why stop now? And I do I do think that uh, Sam Lowe's. Uh, or excuse me, I'm sorry, Alex Lowe's. Alex Rose, Lowe's rode with him uh, for a bit that right. first race. Yep. And yep. Uh, Alex Lowe's looked really good, I thought. You know, obviously he plays second. But no, to your point, Johnny Ray is, is he's just, a, he's 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 a demon on the bike. Uh, it that's, seems like, you know, really soft-spoken guy in the paddock and seems like a really, uh, really down-to-earth guy on social media. But I, I don't want to be anywhere near him on a bike. yeah no i look he he really 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 did a nice job in race one i mean it's his hundredth world superbike win which is a big deal it's a milestone so congratulations to johnny for that um you know but i I think i think this is one of those situations where jonathan ray has done this now he's a five-time defending champion i believe and i don't remember him ever not being right there at the front right exactly it's just it, it's so it's just so crazy you know and it, and it, and when it was dry and the and the air was warm hey i, I wow you know I, I mean what what an unbelievable what an unbelievable race uh he ran um you know in second place though you know in the in the in the first race you know you had alex lowes whose teammate another cowie so you know, all credit to Alex. You know, he's taken to the bike pretty well this year. Took some adjusting from last year, but he he looked really strong. I mean, if not for Jonathan Ray, he's he's right there at the front. You know, he and uh, Razgat Lioglu. I think I said it right. I think uh, you know Toprak was there in third, and they were really close. They battled the whole race. So, you know, m- m- lots and lots of credit to uh alex lowes for putting in a strong race and you know the only guy he couldn't beat was his teammate but no one else can beat him either so whatever and and to go back to that he's not a five-time superbike champion he's he's actually a six-time uh super no i I mean he's won the last five i meant the last okay i'm sorry i got you yeah 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 so he's he's a five-time five years consecutively he has won six championships you're right so um but yeah so he man He's just dominating it. Uh, you know, we got Redding, Scott Redding, who we remember from riding in MotoGP. His last time we saw him he, in GP he was on the Aprilia mm-hmm. factory team on a – it was not even close to the bike that Aprilia has now. But um, cool story about Redding and Aprilia. Um, the last time I went to Coda with uh, my buddy, our buddy, Tyson, mm-hmm. um, three years ago now, we uh, – we had a long time before our flight on Monday, so we decided to go back to Coda and see what was going on. And Redding and uh, Alicia Spargaro were testing the Aprilia. Okay. So so we stood out there for a couple of hours, just watched them turn laps up by turn one. We just stood there. Nobody bothered us, and it was pretty cool. You know, they were just there testing. So that was pretty cool. But um, uh, in so back to World Superbike, though, um, Chaz Davies in fifth in race one. So he's got dropped from the factory Ducati team, but he's now with the Team Go 11 Ducati, and he looked pretty good. 
Yeah, it, it finished it finished better uh, over his replacement, you know, without a Ruba team too, and Michael Rubin Rinaldi. So yeah, he definitely there's got to be a little bit of redemption there. I think that Chaz Davies is I looking agree. for, um, and and he looked good too. The bike looked good too. I'm I'm actually excited to see a Ducati that's not red, um, it, you know, on the grid this year. So a good looking oh bike and, and it's a really good ride. You you color file, leave it alone. It that's who Ducati is. They're red, but whatever. We'll just. We'll just argue about that later. Um, so, you know, you had Leon Haslam and then the American Garrett Gerloff in race one finishing in ninth. Um, he had some tire issues again. Um, what are your thoughts? I mean, this seems to be recurring with Garrett Gerloff. He's struggling with the Pirelli rear. Well, so we saw it We saw it really bad at the beginning of, of his World Superbike tenure. Um, you know, and he kind of learned how to manage that tire over as the year went on. And we saw a lot stronger, fin- a lot more consistent finishes out of Garrett Gerloff last year. So I think that he's still coming into it. I don't want to. I I guess my I wonder if it you know maybe he got excited first race you know after after testing for a while and maybe just roasted a little bit and and didn't conserve it as much as he as he should have. Maybe the setup was just a bit off. Um, I'm not I'm not hit the panic button with Gerloff. Um, no, it's I think too he's early. gonna. I think he's definitely gonna make some big steps forward this year. Um, I think I he so. he made some big steps forward this weekend, actually. Um, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I I think I think there's some progress that's gonna be made there, and I'm not I'm not too terribly concerned about about Garrett. I'm I'm excited for what I'm seeing out of Garrett Gerloff, to be honest with you. I am too. I I think. Um you know, as an American, he's he's really carrying the flag well in World Superbike. Obviously, he's doing it alone, so that's great. Um, the defending World Supersport champion, Locatelli, finishes in 10th in race one. Locatelli is one of those guys that I think he... he it, there's a chance that he becomes a contender midway towards the end of the year because he he's a really crafty rider. I, I, I watched him last year in the 600 class, and he was just... His racecraft was just out of this world. Um, so I'm looking for big things out of Locatelli. I'll be very interested to see what he does as the year progresses and and see if he can put that bike a little bit closer to the front because I know he's getting some factory support with his team, mm-hmm. the Pata Yamaha. Um, you know, he's on that factory team. So, you know, I, let's figure out. I, I, think, I think he'll get there. I think they'll give him the help he needs. Um, another interesting team though, the guy that finished in 11, Michael Vandermark, he's riding for BMW this year, but that BMW looks fast. Uh, yeah. We, I, it, we, we talked over, about it. We skipped over Tom Sykes, uh, who actually finished in well, sixth. We didn't mention him, yeah. but, but yeah. no, you're absolutely right. And, um, and I, I do want to back up and talk about Tom Sykes because what I saw a lot out of Tom Sykes last year was the, almost what we see out of uh, Maverick Vinales. We saw really fast qualifying laps. Yeah, he was great in Super Pole. He's always really good at the Super Pole, right? Right, and then whenever a race, you know, we start going race distance, we would always see Tom Sykes start to fall back. But this year so far, I mean, Tom Sykes looks really good, you know, in race one, um, and, and and also placed very well in race two as well. So, you know, I think that I think that BMW is definitely a step forward this year, possibly, and Tom Sykes may actually, you know, step forward you know we know the talents there he's he was teammates with uh jonathan ray there for quite a few quite a while and um well he's the reason ray doesn't have seven world championships because he he's the one that broke he when ray won one he won the next year on the kawasaki and then ray has now won the last five so you know he's talented there's no doubt 
but yeah, no, no, I, I think that uh, uh, to to back to your original point, the BMW really really looks good this year. It looks looks strong. Yeah, I agree. You know, um, it's just it, it it looks much stronger than it did last year and the years before. Even when you know you had a guy like Marco Melandri riding it, mm-hmm. um, it looks it looks really strong. So I'd be interested to see if Vandermark or Sykes can, you know, get some podiums, maybe even challenge Ray occasionally for a win. That'll be interesting. Um, uh, a mention for Jonas Folger finishing in 16th there on his uh, BMW. So, you know, his first race in the category as a full-time rider. And we'll see where he can go from here. I think the guy to watch out of the guys that were outside the top 10 in race one, I think the guy to watch is Mahais. He's on a Kawasaki, but yep. this guy had crazy speed last year on the Supersport class. And when he gets going, he can go. I think he's also got some experience in the, uh, from the world endurance level too. I think, yes. that, you know, so he knows yeah. the bike fairly well. Um, he'll be yep. stepping into, I think he, he might be on a new Kawasaki this year, but, um, uh, he is, he is on the new one. Yep. Um, so it, uh, there's definitely, he's definitely going to move forward. I, I think that's a good call. He's a, he's a very, um, calculated rider. I will say he's aggressive though. That's he, what I like about him. Like he will, he will stick it in there. He's not afraid. You know what I mean? It well, might cost him all sorts of time, he's but just, he'll put it in there. He's just like his countrymen though. You know, we see the same out of, out of Johan Zarco and GP and, and also Fabio, you know, they're not afraid to, yeah. to get in there and get their yeah. elbows out. But I like That's watching right. Myas race whenever he's towards the top end of a, of a race. Like you said, he's, he's not yeah. afraid to be aggressive, but I think he's also no. very calculated. And, and when he pulls that pin, Right. Well, I, that, that's all I had for race one. So moving to race two, though, we had some mixed conditions. We had a kind of tricky call on what the conditions were going to be for the race, much like what we saw at Le Mans. Um, and, you know, Scott Redding made the right call, went out and uh, put slicks on and lost a ton of time the first few laps. But as the track dried and a dry line kind of formed, mm-hmm. um you know, he he started to really pull back chunks of time, and then of course went off into the distance. You know, I think he was uh, was a nine point eight seconds ahead of Ray, who who went with the eater intermediate setup versus the all wet or or slicks, and uh, it was just a good call by Redding. I was you know that's gutsy, but that's something we see from a guy like Marquez over in MotoGP. Everybody yeah, else is yeah. doing one thing, but I'm doing something else, and it just worked out really well. What'd you think of that call? Yeah, I, it was it was gutsy. Uh, I mean, it's a very very brave call, and uh, he actually, you know, the Super Bowl race we saw, he made a bad call. He went with full wets, uh, you know, in the Super yep. Bowl race, and we saw yep. that completely backfired, and and we saw how upset he was. But then, uh, in his post race interview, you know, Scott Redding made the comment that he uh, an intermediate tire cost him a race in the GP paddock one year. And he swore that he would never go on an intermediate tire again. So that's when he made the decision on the grid. He's going full slicks. And um, it, like you said, it paid off. It was a gutsy call. And it, it he stuck it out. He's, he's, he, you know, he weathered the storm through the first couple of laps but while the track dried out. And then as soon as he was ready to go, he came into the tire. And he just left the field and took his race win. How scary did that have to be for three laps? <laughs> Oh, how, I mean, this dude, I mean, that takes some guts, man. I, no way, no way Captain Novice gets out there and does that. What about you? Would you do it? Uh, no, I, oh, I might, I might make it to park it in turn one and just, 
whether it be from a I crash might just or fall just... over on the grid. <laughs> yeah. I might just fall yeah. over on the grid and, and claim that I broke my ankle. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, looking at the track, and obviously we weren't there, but what it looked like for me when I saw he was on slicks, I was like, oh, this dude's trying to die. <laughs> like, that's what I thought. But it was the right call. I mean, it shows what I know. Nothing is the answer. And, you know, I, I would tip my hat to him, man. But, you know, Johnny Ray finished in second that race, so he's doing what a champion does. He couldn't win. Now, there was something that happened to Johnny Ray. You know, he got run into uh, and knocked off track. And he, he, But he didn't lose a ton of time. He held it up. He motocrossed it through the little uh, the grass and gravel, and he came back and ran a good race and held off his teammate again who finished in third. So that Kawasaki team's really strong this year. You know, Alex Lowe's, Jonathan Rea. I, I, I don't see how this is going to take a huge improvement from somebody like Rinaldi yeah. or uh, Resgatlioglu uh, and, and Locatelli to come close to catching Kawasaki in that constructor championship this year. I just don't see it. No, I completely agree. Uh, I mean, they're they're firing on all cylinders right now, you know. Um, the, the, and they have been for how long now? They've <laughs> the Kawasaki doesn't really revolutionize a bike. They they'll make adjustments here and there. They won't completely you know go back to the drawing board with a bike. But they've got such a race winning pedigree and 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 recipe with that bike. They're just going to continuously find those improvements, those refinements, and just take a step forward here, step forward there, step forward there. What what do you think? Was the reasoning for the redesign of the front end to look like a koala bear? You know, I mean, I, what what is it? What give me your take on that engineering? So, this is an uneducated, you know, this is obviously this is an unqualified, uneducated look at it. But, and I think I said this to J One actually, was uh, what it looked like to me was the front of the bike looked like it was designed as it's aerodynamics to me to me they made the wing in the front nose you know so they don't have wings hanging off the bike like this new bmw m 1000 r um it doesn't have a wing hanging off the side like a like the ducati v4 but to me that front dip and that that first little you know that that first incline is almost that wing it, it's it, that's what it looks like to me we can see almost those two little um it's hard to describe it, uh, you know, without <laughs> without showing a picture of it. But you know, if you know what right. you know what it looks like, so you know, and, and it looks like a there, koala bear. That's exactly like, what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, it, it does look like a koala bear. Um, but I, I think it's all aerodynamics. I think that they did that to keep the bike slender. Um, I think they did it to keep the the to keep from having to put some you know side wings hanging off more more like, body like work the hanging Ducati off the bike. yeah the bmw I, yeah i think it was to save some of that weight possibly although that you know those small winglets aren't going to add that much weight to it um obviously but also in a crash if you crash that bike or a, if you crash a ducati or a bmw those winglets can get broken off and therefore your aerodynamics for the rest of the race have a slight impact so you know this right. if you take that bike down it's got a real smooth side to it so it, it should crash well in theory get it pick it back up and your aerodynamics should not be affected by that um, right but th I, I, that's my take on it you know that could be okay. completely way off base um i do okay. know that it's ugly and, and i can't tell it's it, it drives me nuts but it is a strong machine and, and there is no doubt about that whatsoever oh there's no doubt i mean that thing i i man listen they they just look so fast compared to the rest of the field everywhere. 
you know, I, I mean, they Yamaha is is not way behind. Uh, Ducati is obviously not way behind, but that Kawasaki just does everything pretty well. Much like we talk about the Suzuki mm-hmm. in MotoGP, I think the Kawasaki is very similar to that. Um, maybe maybe a little better all round, like just just ticks better. But they're at least as good as everyone else, except the Ducati in a straight line. They're at least right. as good everywhere else and better. And so that, and then you add the fact that you've got a dominant champion on your bike. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just a recipe for success, right? It just is. That's just one thing about that's this, how you do it. One thing about those Kawasaki's to me is I can't recall seeing them get loose in a corner. They just look so planted and so in line. Um, you, you know that that they're, I don't I don't know the, the the bike just looks like it's on a rail. I you know there were a few times that I was watching Jonathan Ray break down into uh, the turn at the wall, and um, it, I I thought oh my gosh he's gonna tuck the front you know it looked like he was braking super super hard and the front end's just diving, but the bike hooked turned and he never never missed a beat and um, isn't that crazy? It just. <laughs> Yeah, and especially when we consider something, you know, Jonathan Ray, his riding style is kind of an old school look to it. You know, he doesn't really, he's he's kind of sitting upright on the bike quite a bit more. It's really Alex Rins-like in in certain instances, Um, but uh, it's super smooth on the bike. The bike looks like it's on rails, and um, man, they've just got, they're just clicking right now and have been for so many years. So I can't say anything bad about them at all. Right. Well, I mean, look. I think it's going to be tough for anybody to compete regularly and challenge Jonathan Ray on a regular basis. Um, I think the only person that beats him this year in that championship is him uh, because he does look good. But, you know, mixed conditions, a great equalizer. And, um, you know, Scott Redding got in there and got a win. So good for Scott. That's really good. Um, We, you know, moving down the order here, um, you know, we – Ugh, I do not want to talk about this, but I'm going to. Uh, the American looking like a... He looks good. He looked good in race two until he looked like a Muppet. <laughs> um, I mean, that, I don't... Look, I can't imagine what it's like riding with at the level that these guys are riding, but I can promise you no matter what level of riding you're at, that move wasn't going to work. And I heard what he said. I read what he said. You know, I just got in a little too hot. Mm. Um, it wasn't a little too hot, Garrett. That was, I just didn't hit the brakes. I mean, <laughs> holy crap. Yeah, he definitely missed uh, He definitely missed that marker and, and was going right up the inside. But, you know, and, and good on him. You know, I, I, I felt... still love you, Garrett. I love you, <laughs> but you look like a Muppet. And I was mad at you for about five minutes. I was like, that, unreal. Just, unreal. And good on Johnny Ray to hold it up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that could have ended Jonathan Ray's race very, very quickly. And, and he had the wherewithal, stand the bike up, you know, full gas through the through the gravel and and uh, and come out good on the other side. So, What are the chances you hold it up in that situation? Me? Yeah, what are the chances that I would hold that bike up? The bike would have yeah. been down before I even saw Garrett come through. I mean, it, I, I, if I saw that blue come out of nowhere, I would have bailed off and thought, nope, I'm out of here. Just I'd jump, say, nope. just jumped off. Like, nope. yep. <laughs> you know? Hey, me too. No, I, I'd have jumped on Garrett and started tiger kicking because I'd have been mad. And then, you know, 
it'd have been a terrible. It, no, not really. I, I think I, obviously Garrett didn't mean to do that. Um, but those are kind of mistakes that you you just can't make if you want to contend with a guy like Jonathan Ray. Right. And it happened to involve Jonathan Ray that time, but normally Johnny's going to be ahead of that, right? You're fighting through the pack. Jonathan's out front. So, you know, it's just something. It's a learning experience for Garrett Gerloff, and he'll, he'll learn from it. And I, I would be very surprised if we saw him do that in any shape, form, again, now, in yeah. his career there. To, 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 the, to, the, to the defense of Garrett Gerloff, though, you know, he looked – that was the early on in that race, and Jonathan Ray was leading. That was uh, essentially a – an upsie day and a whoopsie pass for the lead that was going into that corner i think and you know gerloff really had some pace at the beginning of that race um, he did. He and, did. and and also throughout the rest of that race um i mean he finished seventh he was he, i can't remember what he dropped down to i thought it was 15th or 16th but it might have just been 13th um but you know obviously he didn't get a whole lot of airtime but we just continuously saw his name coming yep. up through the paddock up through the yep. pack no he, he did a great job he did and a great job after he, that crash. That was even, amazing. He even fought back and and placed in front of Jonas Folger, who was the other rider on slicks in that race. Yep. Um, yep. And whether that was a mistake by Folger, I think it might have might have happened on the last lap. There wasn't a whole lot of coverage about it, but um, uh, because Folger did get in front of, of Gerloff, but then Gerloff yeah. was able to come back and and place seventh, which to me that's a that's a great salvage job. Uh, you, uh, yep. but as soon as you I saw. Agree. Garrett come into the paddock and into Park Fermi since he was the top uh, independent team. Um, it, you just saw the regret and the the you know hey uh, the apologetic uh, nature of of Garrett Gerloff and and just how good of a guy he is to go over directly to Jonathan Ray. Hey, listen, I'm sorry that was a stupid move. You know, completely screwed up and and good on John on Johnny Ray for saying hey I get it. You know it's uh, you know and laugh it off. It could have turned bad, but it didn't. So we'll go on and and finish the day. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Good on Jonathan Ray for being a good sport, I guess, you know. Um, but at the same time, you know, you want you want your guys to be under control. And But again, I think Garrett knows that. I, I would be surprised if we saw Garrett do anything like that the rest of the year. Um, but moving down, you know, Jonas Folger did put it up in eighth, which is a good finish. That man I was talking about earlier, Locatelli, he finished ninth. And then the other man I was talking about, Mahias... He finished in tenth. All these guys came up, and they beat and they beat some guys that have been in the the, the paddock for a long time. Absolutely, you know Alvaro Bautista. They beat him. Uh, they beat Eugene um, Laverty, Michael Rinaldi. Eugene Laverty, Michael Rinaldi. Yep. I don't know what's going on with Michael Rubin Rinaldi, but he's got to figure it out because this is, you know, luckily Davies crashed, but Davies was places ahead of him again. And I don't know what led to that split between the Aruba IT and Dave, the Ducati team and Davies, but right now I'm I've, I've got questions. But it's early, and they're going to be at Estoril again next weekend, so we'll see them all racing again. Definitely. Um, real quick, we want to go over the Supersport. Um, shout out to Stephen Ovendahl. You know he won race one and race two. Mm-hmm. Um, so great job, man. I mean that's that's how you kick it off. I mean you know. If you would have given me some choices about who I thought would win, I don't think I would have put Odendahl there. I don't think I would have. And for him to go and finish both of those races and in first, 
congrats, man. Yeah, Hat, he did, tip of the cap. He did what he needed to do. You know, obviously he wasn't. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from him, but you know, race one was there was quite an incident going into the uh, turn at the wall, the left hander in the wall, and when Nicky yep. Tooley, yep. you know, Nicky Tooley was absolutely tearing through the pack and it was really making up a lot of time. Uh, but then uh, he wasn't, uh, you know. Then he found the back tire of Jules Cluzel, took both of them out, um, and it was that pretty, was really unfortunate. That it, that it that move that was also a muppet move. I mean, I I know he was going fast, but you just can't hit the guy in front of you. You can't do it. So he, he I, definitely I, there's no excuse to me. Yeah, he definitely tried to uh, you know hit the abort button. You saw him uh, <laughs> if you, when you slow it down. He stood the bike up and and almost looked directly down at Jules, Jules Cluzel's back tire to see okay, am I going to miss this or not? And right about that time, that's when he didn't miss it, and then they both went flying. So, um, uh, you know, unfortunate event, but you know, and and like I said, not to take anything away from Odendahl or Egater because Egater always also had a good race as well. Um, was uh, you know they did what they needed to do. They stayed up on the bikes and they brought it home for this, to see the checkered flag. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, look, Dominic Egener, uh, Odendahl, Egeter, Odell, all those guys have been in the GP paddock exactly. at one point. Absolutely. All those guys were there. So those are, those are all experienced racers. I, real quick, is I, I want to point something out about this class though. There are only three manufacturers. And I say three because Envy Agusta has one bike on the grid. Mm-hmm. If you look at the grid, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, six Kawasaki's and five R sixes. This is unbelievable. The, this is the European Yamaha Cup. I, I mean, it's unreal. Like I was watching the race, I was like, "Is everybody on a Yamaha?" And I know that that R six has been a great race bike for a long time, and it is a great race bike. Right. But not a single Suzuki, a Jixxer 600 in there, not one? That's shocking to me. That's shocking. Like, I was like, okay, there's a, no, uh, there, no, no, that's an R1, R1. Okay, there's a 636. Oh, R1, R1. I believe even up until last year, there was still a Honda or two in the on the grid. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, this... This is a problem for me. Like I don't I love the racing, but I I want to see more manufacturers and it just bothers me. I don't know how you feel about it, but I think that's I just think, you know, I know that the R6s are awesome and you obviously want the best equipment you can get and that's it, you know, right there with that or the 636, but gosh, I did not know it was going to turn out like that this year. It just never occurred to me until I was looking at watching the race and thought, is every one of these bikes <laughs> R6 back here. It's crazy. I would love to see more, uh, a broader spectrum. Um, I actually think the Kawasaki's that are in the class, and and please correct me if I'm wrong, I think those are not 636's. I think that they are 599 cc homologated engines. No, that that could I call them 636's because that's what we have here, but they are a 6R, so I don't Mm -hmm. know. That I don't know. I never... I've never researched it. So that's something for our research department. Bo, that's you, by the way, is to get on and figure it out. But if they if they are the 636, I'm sure there are regulations, but um, I I don't know. And that's a great, we'll, we'll figure that out for next time because we should know that. Um, and, but it, it, the way, what I've, after I got off on that tangent, I'm sorry, but there was, it was a great race overall. There was some great races back in the pack. You know, we have a, 
a guy named Ken on Chu, who is the brother of you, my favorite punching bag, Dennis on Chu. <laughs> you know, he's, he's there finishing in 10th. Rafaela DeRosa, who was also in GP mm-hmm. for a while. Um, he was on a Kawasaki and he finished in ninth. Yeah, he's um, moving some over names from an MB Agusta from last year as well. Yep. Yeah. So now I don't recognize the name Bernardi. I, uh, I didn't recognize him. I don't, I, he was there last year, but I don't recognize him from GP. Um, Gonzalez was not in GP. Caracasulo, if I'm not mistaken, was in Moto3 for a little while. Um, but I don't, I can't, there was a something that reminded me of him. I think he but was Sumer, also, Hans Sumer. Caracasulo was in Superbike last year and stepped back to uh, Supersport this year. Mm, that's never good. I that's think he was, all, I think he was actually teammates with Garrett Gerloff last year. Was he on that GMT Yamaha team? Yeah, he know. was on the. You you might be right. Yeah, he was te- see huh. in 2019, okay. 2019, he was teammates with uh, Randy Krubenacker with the uh, Evan Bartles mm. uh, brothers. Okay. Uh, team. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. The Evan bro- now that Evan brothers. That's a fast bike. Motorcycle. That bike is fast. Now I want to know what they're doing to that R6 because everybody else is on an R6 and nobody's R6 is that fast. So if you need a motor built for an R6, go to the Evan brothers because <laughs> yeah. those dudes are doing something that no one else is doing. It, it was crazy. The speed difference was nuts. Yeah, definitely. So both, in both races. Um, moving over to race two, you know, Odendahl wins again. We had Rafaela de Rosa. Uh, finishing in second. This time, Jules Cluzel comes back, mm-hmm. puts it on the podium in third, um, with uh, Hans Stumer in fourth, Dominic Egeter, another good result in fifth. Uh, we had Bergman. We had uh, Alcoba in seventh. Now, is that, this Alcoba rated to the related to the other Alcoba? I do not know. I do not know that. I thought that it, during the race. All right. Also, another thing for our research department. Um, Takala, who I don't... He's, he's Calio Racing, so he's he's got to be... Um, he's Finnish, obviously, and with Mika Calio Racing, it'd be my guess as who's sponsoring that team. But um, you know, I don't know what uh, what that's about. Um, but he finishes in eighth. Uh, Randy Krumenacher, who we just mentioned, who we do know that was in GP for a little while, uh, not in GP, but he was in that Moto Three paddock. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's over there. He finished in ninth, and uh, and then a name that used to be at the top um, that Dominica Gerder and Hendra Pratama or Tincate Racing used to be the premier team in World Supersport. I'm, right. I'm curious as to what happened to those guys. Like it, they used to be the premier team, but they are they have fallen on hard times the last few years. Do you not know that? Uh, you, no, I did. Are you well, amazed so, at my encyclopedic encyclopedic knowledge. No, I'll actually take it a step further and go that one. I think one uh, curveball that was thrown to the Tenkata Racing Team was the uh, uh, the Honda partnership. The Honda partnership was kind of yanked right out from underneath their uh, uh, underneath yeah, without them knowing, right? Right. Yeah. So I happen. think that definitely threw them a curveball. You know, they had a lot of time, a lot of information on the Honda. Um, and now they're at Yamaha with in Superbike. I'm um, not sure what they were in with Supersport at that time, um, but you know possibly they've they're going back to the drawing board and learning that about that bike and what right. what it takes to make it go fast. Um, but right. they're they're, they're going to be there. They're you know oh, like be you there. said, it's a strong team. They're going to be there. So somebody that we did not mention yet, and something that I think needs to be mentioned is the only woman world champion 
that's ever been in motorcycle racing at any level. You know who I'm talking about? You're talking about Anna Carrasco in Supersport 300, correct? That's right. So Anna Carrasco wins the Supersport 300 championship, but we have another female racing in Supersport and Miss Herrera. And I mean, I, I just think that's amazing. That's what I think. Yeah. I, 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 it, you know, this sport is tough, man. It's just tough, right? Like it's a tough sport, and for Maria Herrera to be racing at the world level and and giving an excellent showing of herself, mm-hmm. that's that's unbelievable. Maria Herrera. Um, so I just want to mention that because we're not going to get to mention that any other time. So, but. Uh, I think what we'll do is we will uh, we'll cut that off for our World Superbike and World Super Sport coverage, and um, we'll go to the next session, which will cover Moto America and what's coming up with MotoGP. Definitely. You guys hang tight. Jump right over to that next episode. We'll see you here in a second.